Hello and welcome back to the AFL Footy Fill-Up, your ultimate punting guide to season 2020. 33 games in 20 days coming up. Footy Mania, some are calling it, and we've got the two experts here to preview the first round of it. Uh, champion data's Jacob Wilson. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks, Kramer. And Herald Sun's Jay Clark. Welcome. Hello, Angus. A lot of feedback about my gut feel bit uh, last week, I must say, tipping the Giants against uh, the Tigers. I think we need to make this a weekly fixture of the footy fill-up. I'm going to go with a gut feel bet every week and uh, just see where my guts lead me uh, because it's been a hot start, let's be honest. Yeah, speaking of hot starts, you did start the round three out of three. It was a very positive weekend for you. Uh, And a few of those traffic light bets, ice cream cone bets, they all got up, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, the Port Adelaide tripped me up. I didn't see that big win from St Kilda coming. I was like, you know, you watch footy sometimes and you just shake your head. It's like, what is going on out here? Like, I couldn't have been further off. I thought Port Adelaide would win by more than 15 or something. They got done by more than 15. So a little bit off there with, I think that was the ice cream bet, that one. Um, Jump on early in the week. Get even bigger odds on the Port Adelaide. They went out and totally embarrassed me, didn't they? But that's okay. You can't win them all. And Jacob, those were your Saints who did the uh, did the damage there. But you had a good week too with a couple of winners. Uh, the Dogs halftime, full time into Rankin, Carlton, and then uh, the Cats into Taberna. A couple of those anytime goal scorers got up for yourself. Yeah, just a little bit of extra value in there. The halftime, full time to get a little bit more value. The anytime goal scorers on some of these guys who are kicking goals every week to get a little bit more value. That Matt Taberna one had me very worried though. The the, the Dockers alone looked like they might not score a goal, let alone. Matt Tabernacle, but he did chip in with one of their two goals. Yeah, it was a, uh, a thriller to finish the week, uh, Geelong and Freeman. Well, speaking of the Cats, they, uh, they're not really moving much in the premiership market. And we, we, we taking a look at the premiership market just shortly. I know, Jacob, you want to touch on it, uh, how much it's moving every week with uh, some of those top teams in the league. Uh, what are you seeing from an odds perspective in, in the flag market? Well, the value every week in, in this flag market isn't with the favourite because the favourite this week probably won't be the favourite next week and it won't be the same favourite um, the week after that. Every week it's different. And at the moment, you can get some really good odds on these teams who who are less fancy. So the ones I'm looking at at the moment are Geelong. Geelong are at $15. They're in the top four. They've got the seventh easiest draw coming home and they're getting all these players back. Yes, they've got a few people out at the moment, so Hawkins might be suspended. Uh, Salwood's out, Ablett's out. But these guys should all be back for finals. Yes, they don't have a great run uh, track record through finals at the moment, but who knows what's going to happen in in 2020. This is a a completely random um, year of football. So if you can get into that top four, which it looks like Geelong will, $15 for them in the flag is is terrific value. The Bulldogs as well, $17 for the flag. After their first two horrific weeks, they've been one of the best teams in the league. So uh, just avoid whoever's the favourite and start putting the money on these teams at $15 to $17. Jay, where do you sit on the uh, the flag market? Have you got a, a tip? I know you backed Collingwood a few weeks back, but has that changed? Yeah, that's gone a little bit pear-shaped since Jeremy Howe and uh, Jordan Dugowie went out and steel side bottoms missed them footy. Now Pendlebury is out for a couple of weeks with that uh, quad, so that isn't looking as attractive. The Lockie Neal Brownlow bet is uh, is is uh, sitting nicely, but um, no, the Pies uh, have got some work to do. A lot of punters, to their absolute credit, got on West Coast three or four weeks ago. I think they blew out to 12 to $15 for the premiership when they were going really poorly, knowing they were going to get the block of games at home. And that was really smart uh, punting. So um, a lot of good people, a lot of good smart judges were on that. 
we put the knocker on GWS too over the past couple of weeks. We declared them the f- absolutely false favourite. And you look at their numbers, Jacob has a better handle on this than me. And they're a huge question mark. So I thought they were lucky to get over the line in the end against Richmond last week. Toby Green saved them. So uh, I'm not liking the Giants in that premiership market at all. As well, like Richmond, I think they're uh, sitting okay. They need to win tonight, of course, so that, that would help. But they're going to get the cavalry back as well, and they'll begin to build in that back half of the season. So I'm not riding off the Tigers. I do think the Cats with Jacob is the value bet in the premiership market. You did touch on the Tigers. We will get to that first game, but I will say first, we touched on the game is tonight. It is Wednesday. Uh, we will be recording at the start of each round. So we're going to have two shows next week, Monday and a Friday. It'd be interesting to see what Jay Clark looks like on a Monday morning, but it will be a massive show to uh, to kick off the footy mania round, whatever it is. Uh, we will start with... probably just a bit fatter, to be honest. That's just a bit looking, bigger. Just a couple of extra kilos on I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. Not not too hammered, just, just bigger, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. And Jake, Jake will be the one who will be hammered and hungover. We'll, uh, we'll see what he rocks up like. Uh, <laughs> the Dogs and the Tigers is the first game. Wednesday night football, very close game from an odds perspective in this one uh, with a one-and-a-half point line. Jay Clark, I will start with you. How do you read this game? Yeah, look, this this is uh, going to be a really tight game, isn't it? I think the Bulldogs um, can mount a really strong challenge in in this contest. And the Bulldogs have a great record against Richmond. I was uh, going through the numbers earlier in the week. I think they've won six of their past seven against the Tigers. So I'm nervous about their head-to-head here. Uh, I'm looking elsewhere. And um, just looking at the Richmond side, with Sydney Stack coming back in, with the captain Trent Cochin coming back in, the deck chairs are going to be shuffled with that midfield forward mix. And I see that Jack Higgins is currently sitting at 275, might have even drifted, named on the bench to 280, anytime goal scorer. Um, now, he is a bloke who averages nearly a goal a game. We know how clever he is around the sticks. He's been spending some time in the midfield. Expect him to be more forward in this one. And at 275, nearly three bucks, may drift even more. I think that is outstanding value for a bloke who's surely just going to snag one little curl around the post from 20 metres out, a little cheap handball or something. He's, he's, he's craft. Is his, is his goal now. So I think with Cochin coming back in, he'd be playing a bit close to the goals. And I'd be shocked if he doesn't snag one at 275. And and we've seen before in terms of, uh, I think it was Darcy Parrish pushed into the midfield. Jay likes to move the magnets around at home and find you a little bit <laughs> yeah. of value. It's how he spends yeah. his time in isolation. So it's very, yeah. very smart. I'm very much like Luke Beveridge. I spin the magnets. I got a board here. I just sort of throw them around and uh, just ends in cash money, really. So it seems to be working well. Whereas Jacob is more of a spreadsheet man. Jacob, what does the spreadsheet come up with this week for this game? Well, the spreadsheet on those numbers suggests that Jack Higgins has been playing that high forward role. So he hasn't actually been in the midfield for too much. He's only been playing about 15, 20% in the midfield. If Cochin does come back in, what that can do is move Lambert into that high forward role and then move Higgins deeper. So that's the hope, is it? So it has a domino effect and gets Higgins closer to goal. I'm not 100% on board with that bet, Jay, unfortunately. Where I'm going with this one is the Bulldogs. They do have that fantastic career. It's five of their last six games. Um, against the Tigers. And the one they lost was only by three points. And last year, it was a domination. It was when Aaron Norton was plucking everything out of the sky and Marcus Bontempelli uh, had 27 disposals and three goals. So you know that the, the Tigers, well, the way they play, they actually let their opponent's best players run a bit free. Last week, we saw Whitfield and Kelly get 26 disposals because they just weren't locking down on them. The Tigers are going to play their way. And they played their system, and their system actually worked against the Giants. And Hardwick came out and said that. He said, you know, we're happy with the game. It was a Tigers game. We were 
We were thrilled with the way we played. It's just we couldn't win. And that's the concern for the Richmond is the fact that they could get a game on their terms and they just don't have enough talent out in the park at the moment to get them over the line. So I think the Bulldogs, with that great record, will get the win. Plus, I'm going to put into that Bolton Pally to get 20-plus disposals. We know there's a good record against the Bulldogs and we know the Tigers let those good players run free. They don't put on hard tags. So to get him at 20-plus disposals and the Bulldogs win, that's paying just under $3. So both the boys starting with some pretty solid value there. The next game we look at is the D's and the power. Now, Port Adelaide, they're coming off a loss to the Saints. Jacob Wilson, I'll stick with you. Uh, can the power bounce back? Uh, I'm going with Melbourne halftime, full-time, and I'm doing it reluctantly. So this this to me is a, is a scary bet because I, I just still have a bit of nightmares about, them, about Melbourne because I've been backing him in pretty heavily for the last 18 months. So there's been a lot of... Uh, poor results from the team. But they've just got so much talent. You look at the AFL player ratings this year, they have four of the top 11 players in the league and the top two. So Gorn's number one rated player in the league. is the number two rated player in the league. Petrarca is in outstanding form at the moment. His, his score of almost is just through the roof. And where I think Melbourne can really win this game is through the midfield. We saw what Ryder and Marshall were able to do to Laddams last week. And Max Gorn could do the same thing, set them up from stoppage. Port Adelaide were outscored from stoppages by six goals from the, by the Saints. And that was all on the back of beautiful ruck work uh, by those two players. So I think, again, if Laddams is the man in the ruck, Gorn will have a field day and that can take Melbourne to victory. And Jay, you did back the D's at the line last week, which was a, a nice little win for you. Uh, you sticking with the D's this week or switch sides? Well, I like to think that as a savvy bet, um, not an obvious bet, but a savvy bet that was Angus. So that was a nice little pickup on the demons. They, should, they could have won that. I mean, you think Harley Bunnell misses from 10 metres out, Sam Weaver misses from 35 out in the third, and then the goal review uh, controversy, don't get me started um, on that. So Bunnell, he's in the team to hit targets and kick those goals. How he misses from 10 metres out, you should have seen me when um, when that happened. I was, I, was up off the, uh, I was up off the couch. But it's interesting. You have that confidence in Melbourne, Jacob. You talked about the premiership market at the start of this show. If you think Melbourne can get the job done on Port, then you're saying that Melbourne can beat anyone. You're back. You're talking about the 2018 form. So you you you'd be thinking that Melbourne can be top four then, because Port Adelaide has been an outstanding side in 2020. No, so you're saying they I can just, beat anyone. I disagree with that. I think Port Adelaide in the first four weeks were an outstanding side. Port Adelaide over the last four yep. weeks have become a middle-of-the-road team. This is this is a team that right. is a 7-11 to 11 team, and I think Melbourne are in about that same bracket. So if you can get Melbourne as the outsiders in the game, that's where yeah. I'm leading. So Port Adelaide, yes, 1-4, to four, best team in the comp, 5-8, to eight, middle of the road. Um, I'm going with Port in this one, 1-39. Um, I, I, I have been a believer in Melbourne, but... Um, I'm just not. Uh, I'm not sure that up to Port Adelaide's level. It was a. It was a poor result against St Kilda last week. I'm backing them uh, to bounce back. I still think that at times Melbourne can be a uh, a younger team and 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 can lose their way in games at times. So I'm, I'm in a low bet game. I'm thinking one uh, Port Adelaide one to thirty nine. I, I, if they lose this one Port, then you know they're really making themselves vulnerable, as you said, after an electric start. So. Uh, I'm taking uh, Port, but Melbourne's form has been much improved over the past month. You did touch on the form of a few years ago again. And speaking of a few years ago, if you told a Hawthorne fan they would be 11-point outsiders against the Blues this year, uh, they'd be a little bit concerned. And I think there are some concerns for the Hawks. Uh, Jagger Wilson, uh, what are you playing this game? Carlton, Hawthorne. Uh, I'm a big believer in the concerns at Hawthorne. And the number one concern for me 
is their class and their, their kicking efficiency. So last week we saw them have the worst kicking efficiency in Hawthorne's history at 44%. This is just not the same old Hawthorne team that we had slicing and dicing teams five years ago. They're actually the, the worst team in the league now for kicking efficiency in 2020. And that's, that's a concern because they're not a good contested team as well. They're not a good stoppage team. They, they, they're, they're still an average and below average team at contest. And now they're one of the worst ball using teams in the league. Clark has got problems across the line. I expect him to start making hard decisions. You know, if I'm Stratton, if I'm Scully, if I'm Henderson, Frawley, Brooksby, these players need to be moved on um, and start getting some of these younger players into the team just to see what they've got. Because I think this season's done. I don't think Hawthorne can come back from here. Um, whereas Carlton, who have the, the, the second easiest run coming home, um, have a real chance to set up their season. So I'm going to take them with halftime, full-time, $1.83. Uh, should be starting big favourites against the underperforming Hawthorne team. And Jay Clark, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm banking on the magic of Alistair Clarkson here. Everyone's written off Hawthorne, um, as we just heard. Carlton hasn't got the runs on the board either just yet. Yes, there are concerns quite clearly. The midfield is not getting it done. They are butchering the ball. Um, and Tom Mitchell, after winning the Brownlow uh, a couple of years ago and breaking his leg, it really taking time to get going. We're not seeing Warple hit the heights um, uh, either just yet. But... I don't think that Alistair Clarkson, in fact, I know that Alistair Clarkson is not riding off this season just yet. They win this game. They are only uh, four points outside the eight. So, look, I think they're not hitting the ejector seat just yet. And against a Carlton side, I think, although they're starting to show some promising uh, signs, I don't think anyone's getting carried away about them being a top four side at this stage or even at a final certainty. We saw Hawthorne at the end of last year uh, beat some of the best sides in the competition. And yes, they're playing uh, poorly, but um, I'm going to take Hawthorne at the line. What is it? A two and a half goal head start. I think that is way too big against still an unproven Carlton team. Yes, things have to work more uh, better mechanically in the middle for Hawthorne and clearly they need to clean up their ball use. But they had Sydney on the ropes at halftime or late in the second quarter until the Tom Patley double goal. That changed that game significantly. Now, if Hawthorne get the, get the biscuits in that one, they'd be starting favourite or they'd be much closer to starting favourite against Carlton. So... Um, I think that line is an inaccurate one, an incorrect one, and the Hawks of the 12-and-a-half point will uh, will certainly get within two goals of the Blues. It's a very big line for the Hawks there. Uh, we push on to the Bombers and Brisbane. Now, Essendon, they only just beat the Crows, which can be probably looked at as a, a loss. We said they were going to be 40-plus winners. So, uh, Jay Clark, I'll, uh, I'll stick with you on this one. Uh, what's going to happen in this game? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Brisbane into Zorko, winning time goal scorer. So Zorko uh, averages about a goal a goal a game. You get two bucks uh, for that. I think they'll be too good. I mean, Brisbane are really looking to set up this season with a top two finish. They're a real premiership chance here. Yes, they've got some issues in the ruck. So Archie Smith out, Stefan Martin out. So they're going to have to engineer a result in the ruck. But who are they coming up against um, in that Essendon pivot spot? So Brisbane will be too good. Add an extra value, Zorko to cash in. He loves a goal. There's no man in the competition who loves a goal more than Dane Zorko. He looks at a little handball, all that sort of stuff. Cam Rayner starting to hit form. Have a look at, at him uh, as well. So I think Brisbane into, into Zorko. I mean, Essendon's form is curious, isn't it? They've beaten some low sides. Have they got the talent to beat the top sides just yet? I don't think so. So I think this is a pretty easy one. 
I think the uh, the Coleman medal tally would uh, name a lot more blokes that love a goal more than Zorko. Uh, Jacob, how are you playing this game? <laughs> no, I'm with the Zorko, but that is, a, that is a really good Zorko bear. And the reason is he loves just the one. He doesn't chip in with two, three, four goals. Yeah. He chips in with the one. If you look at his last 50 games, he's kicked a goal in almost two-thirds of those. He just gets the one and leaves um, and then doesn't kick any more. But he had a streak of about 15 or 20 games at one stage with a goal a game. Um, Zorko's a really good anytime um, goal scorer, but always a bit too long in that market. I'm going with Brisbane by the line. Um, the Bombers' record is 5-2. and two. And if you looked at a team that's 5-2, and two, you go, oh, that's, that, that's a really good start to the season. They've had a, the easiest fixture of any team through those games. And they're only plus one on scoring differential over their opponents. So there's just a lot of close results that are going their way. They're lucky to be 5-2. and two. One of the worst 5-2 and two teams. I think the fifth worst 5-2 and two teams uh, we've seen since the AFL era. So don't get sucked in by their record. I'm jumping off board. Um, I, I was actually a big fan of the Bombers early in the year, but I think it's time to get off. Uh, the Brisbane Lions, on the other hand, are playing really good football. The only thing they need to fix is their accuracy on goal. They just keep blowing shots. Uh, even last night, they should have won by probably three goals, but just missed a few too many shots on goal. So that's the, that's the one element that needs to be fixed up by the Lions. If they can do that, that line of 14 and a half is way too short. Um, anytime, especially playing at home. Brisbane are great um, playing up in Queensland. So, yeah, I'll take Brisbane at the line. The next game on the card is the Ruse and the Crows. The Crows showed a little bit of fight against the Bombers last week, but the line's still at 10 and a half. Jay Clark, how are you playing this game? Well, here it is, boys. Ding, 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 ding. The gut feel big, and we are on the Crows at the line. What is that? A 10 and a half point uh, line for Adelaide. Um, Honestly, who would bloody know with this game? We've got two of the most garbage sides in the competition. I'm not sure if you played Yahtzee, but you get those five dice, you put it in a little cup, and you just shake it like this, and you just let it go, and you just wait and see what happens. That's what I'll be like when this game bounces off. I'll just be shaking those dice without any real clue what is going to happen. You know, It's basically going to be who, who is the worst of the two sides, let, let's be honest. So I'll check with you on the numbers, Jacob, but my gut feel bet of the week is that line for Adelaide uh, is too big because North Melbourne are going pretty pox and have been going pretty pox for about uh, six weeks now. We know they're going to be finishing bottom four. It's going to be about draft picks. It's going to be about changing their list. Um, they've got 20-odd players out of contract. You know a heap of them are going to be moved on. It almost could be like a St Kilda change. So, look, this is um, – North Melbourne haven't had a lot of high draft picks, have they? This, this is the year where they get three picks inside the top 20 or or, or whatever there is. And they're, they're going to have to have a look at the, the kids to find out um, who was any, any good, really. And they do have a couple of uh, good ones where Adelaide and Matthew Nix, they're going to be dead keen uh, on that first win, even without Brad Crouch. But as I said, this is Yahtzee stuff, Yahtzee Cup, gut feel better of the week, Adelaide at the line. Uh, Jacob Wilson, you have touched on the fact that the Crows are arguably the worst side ever rather than just this year. But I see on the run sheet that you may be uh, coming around to the Crows. Well, it's not coming around to the Crows. It's just completely jumping off the kangaroos. So the Crows are still <laughs> terrible. Don't worry about them. They'll be, they'll be lucky if they can get this win. If they don't get this win, boy, it's a, I think they've got uh, the Demons next week. And if they can't get that one, it might be just a 0-17 season. So they're going to be really eyeing off these two weeks to get that one win on the board because it's a long way home from there. The Kangaroos over the last four weeks rank last for points score and rank last for points conceded. They are the worst team in the league at the moment. They're losing games on average by 31 points per, per match in that stretch. 
Adelaide is just 21 points per game in that stretch. So these are two terrible teams. But at the moment, North is slightly worse, especially while Cunnington's out and Zeeble's out. And they've got this long injury list. Adelaide have got their own injury list as well. But it really should be just a 50-50 game. It's a, it should be a $2 game. You can get Adelaide at $2.55. That's, that's really good value here. A key for the Crows, hopefully Tom Duday doesn't miss because uh, he's he's incredibly important to their back line. Probably they're, they're leading their best and fairest uh, through these eight games. But we'll just go with Adelaide head-to-head just because these teams are equally as bad as each other and one of them is paying $2.55. Yeah, that's very smart. Whenever there's a game you don't know what to do, take the bigger value. Uh, that will wrap it for the first half of the show with a lot of uh, you know bottom sides and dead rubbers. We That means there's some good games to come in the second half, so we'll be back with those shortly. One of my favourite things about Bet Easy is all of the perks. Like watching every Australian race live in the palm of your hand, so you can watch and bet anywhere, anytime. Bet Easy, raise your game. And we're back on the AFL footy fill up. We're going to get straight into the next game. It is the Saints and the Swans. 15 and a half point line in this one with the Swans as outsiders at $2.95, despite a pretty solid game last week. Jacob Wilson, your Saints, how will they go? Uh, I think they'll win. I think they'll win comfortably. This is my best bet of the week. Uh, St. Kilda to cover off this 15 and a half point line. And it's stoppages. It's all about stoppages for the Saints. They have the number one scoring differential from stoppages of any team. And we saw that double ruck was almost a perfect game of a double ruck. You got t- uh, four goals out of them, two goals each. Ryder did it all with his tap work. Ryan Marshall had seven clearances on his own. So they, they're different style ruckmen, but they were fantastic with their contribu- contribution each. Um, so I think if I could have a prop bet on this, I would just take the prop bet that the Saints will outscore the Swans by three goals from stoppages. There's no there's no stats bets like that, as much as I keep asking the traders to put them up. But you're looking here at the Saints really controlling this game for stoppages. Even last week when the Swans won, they lost the clearance count by 11 to the Hawks, who are a terrible stoppage team. So this is a real area of advantage for the Saints um, and where they'll control this game. So I'm going to take that at 15.5 point line. The other one here is if Dane Rampey misses, go bigger on the Saints. If that Dane Rampey is incredibly important to the way they defend, one of the top five key defenders in the league, if he misses due to that sore hand, take the Saints at 40 plus and that's paying $4.50. I think the reason the traders don't put it up is because there will be only one person backing those sort of markets <laughs> and that's you. So they try and avoid that because they're not going to make any money there. Uh, Jane Clark, how are you playing this one? Yeah, I won't repeat it, but uh, I agree exactly with Jacob. I like St Kilda at the line and then for a bit of extra value, $4.50, 40 plus. The Saints have got their tails up, moving the ball uh, around. Sydney um, we're, we're, we're pretty tough in the end against the Hawks, but that was in Sydney. This is up at the Gabba, so it's a, it's a, they're playing away, and I like the Saints really to continue um, their hot form. They've been a surprise packet of the year, haven't they, the Saints? Uh, they've got a really good thing going on, and I think I'm going to have a throw at the stumps at the 40-plus here. Bit of value there for Jay. Uh, the next game we look at, Jacob touched on two Ruckman for the Saints. The Cats are playing without any Ruckman. And now Tom Hawkins is out too. So that line's ballooned out to 19 and a half. Jacob, can they cover that loss? Yeah, I think they can. I, I think West Coast um, would be the favourites in this game. The way they moved the ball last week was outstanding against Collingwood. Some of the best ball movement I've ever seen. Um, just from their back half and the ability to convert it into scoring against what was the best defence in the league going into it um, was outstanding. But what we're going to see here now, I think, is Geelong just shut this game down. They're not going to let them move the ball. Geelong can see the fewest points to defensive half chains of any team. 
And that's how West Coast is going to try and move the ball at Optus Stadium. You saw what they did to Fremantle last week. They came to the 16 points. Uh, they're lacking a bit of talent at the moment as well, Geelong, with all these injuries. So I think they're going to try and really nullify this game, make it a dirty game. And that scoring line's hitting at 121.5. I think this is going to be just a, a shutdown game for them, trying to make it a 50 v 50. Um, so we'll go under that scoring line. Yeah, but they're taking on an Eagles team that are flying after a big win over the Pies. Jay Clark, uh, how good can the Eagles be? I know we touched on their flag favourites, but uh, this week against Geelong. Yeah, I like West Coast in the total point score under exactly uh, like Jacob. We saw Geelong about a month ago take that same game plan against Melbourne. Uh, Chris Scott said they knew Melbourne were dangerous at the stoppages, so they wanted to control the ball. That was that chip-chip game that was branded the worst game in the history of football, uh, etc. So I think with West Coast being so dam- damaging at the stoppages with um, Kelly, obviously, and and, uh, and Nick Nat, kick, kick Kelly really back to his best form, I think we'll see Geelong possess this ball wide, slow around the boundary line. We know West Coast like to do similar stuff in the back half. So... Couldn't agree more. Total point score under. I really like this bet uh, into the Eagles to win potentially pretty comfortably. So that's the way I'm looking here and pretty attractive proposition game, this one. Yeah, I, I did ask the traders if they could give me some sort of line for Natanui 300 super coach because I reckon Chris Scott gets a little bit worried when uh, when he's got no Ruckman and you might see uh, Harry Taylor and Lockie Henderson run through there and I think that could be worrying signs for the Cats in the middle. The next game we look at is the Giants and the Suns. The Suns, $2.50 outsiders with a line of 10.5. The two expansion sides, the Giants look to have clicked into gear now. Jay Clark, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have GWS at the line, minus uh, 10.5. The Suns were pretty brave against the Bulldogs uh, last week. I give him that. And Jacob's man, Isaac Rankin, doesn't he just light it up whenever he is uh, around the ball? That mark he took, sort of twisting and turning, going back, um, was unbelievable. But look, I like this is a fascinating game from a big picture perspective. Now, if Gold Coast win this or even get within what's the line 10 and a half to within within two goals you'd have to start to really question whether the gold coast footy club has gone past the giants do the gold coast suns have a brighter future than the than the giants because if they win with such a much younger side this weekend that'll start to be the conversation you can put your absolute um house on it so after beating richmond at the weekend um I like the Giants to keep that rolling. Um, I think the line 10 and a half is a little bit skinny, but I think the whole competition is going to be watching this game uh, with great interest. And Jacob, your thoughts? Still no faith in GWS. They should have lost that game against Richmond, but for Toby Green's heroics. Uh, (laughs) Across the season now, they have 103 fewer inside 50s than their opponents. They're averaging 13 forward half intercepts per game. So the amount of times they win the ball back in their forward half, it's 13. The next lowest team is Adelaide on 17. They just don't play a forward half game. It's it's hard to back with them if you know they're going to lose the inside 50 count in a game. And Gold Coast have got a line here of 10 and a half. So I'm going to jump on that and hope that their, their stoppage game and just playing a better brand of football can overcome a Giants team that's just getting by on talent at the moment. And the other thing I'm going to do, of course, I'm going to have a bet on Isaac Rankin. Um, He was already my favourite player. And he keeps filling my pockets every single week at the moment. So he's even becoming more of my favourite player. So I'll probably get him on the anytime goal scorer, maybe the two-plus goal scorer, because every week I bet on Isaac Rankin. It is is my favourite Met 
WhatsApp message I get of the week when I and Jacob just sends through Isaac. <laughs> yeah, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. It gets me up and about uh, every time. He is uh, an absolute genius. I think though, on, on GWS, it is an easy tweak to make. I mean, tackle in the forward half. You know, played the ball on a forward flank, or you know, Daniels has got to get busy. I think it, it is a, it is a. It is a tweak, you know, that, that forward pressure game. It can't be that hard. Leon Cameron must be onto it. And I think in the back half of the season, we will see that change. No, I don't think he will. I think it's been a five-year thing. They haven't been a good forward half pressure team for a long time now. And I think the reason they're not yep. is because they know a lot of these guys in the forward half don't do it. Like Jeremy Cameron is not a forward half pressure player. Toby Green is not a forward half pressure player. They've got superstars down there that just sort of see that element of the game, I think, and go, yeah, that's that's not me. I'll go kick the, kick the goals. I'm a superstar <laughs> player. And that's why GWS have had to build a game plan, which is not built around what 17 other clubs are trying to do. They've had to build this really quirky game plan where it's, okay, we're only going to get it in there 25, 30 times, but don't worry, we've got Jezza and we've got Toby to, to kick the goal. So it, it, I don't think it's something that's as simple as just saying, oh, don't worry, we'll just get Jeremy Cameron to tackle because Jeremy Cameron hasn't tackled for 10 years now. <laughs> The two boys on different pages in that one. I'll back the Giants just so uh, you know where to put your money. Uh, The last game of the round, Fremantle and Collingwood, two sides that were belted last week. Which one will bounce back? Jay Clark, we'll start with you. Yeah, look, I like uh, Collingwood uh, in this one into an under-total point score uh, again. I think what we're seeing, I mean, Fremantle barely scored a goal. I know it was wet conditions against Geelong, but they're, they're really struggling um, to put scores on the board this year. They've been competitive, but their, their forward half game um, just isn't as strong. So a lot of the focus for Justin Longmuir is uh, on the back half and the ball control and really trying to be as careful with the footy um, and, and defensive, defending with the footy. So in Fremantle games, you know, I've made money this year, really backing out the total point score under. Um, and against the Collingwood side, we know they've got their ball movement um, issues as well. So I'm pretty confident on the unders in this one. What is it? Uh, 115. Uh, but Collingwood should still get the chocolates. Yes, there'll be no penalty, but side bottom comes. He does help with that um, kicking uh, that kicking game clearly. Um, so it's playing 262. Collingwood into the total point score. And they'll flog last week. West Coast might have been a little uppercut to their chin, but I think they can bounce back against uh, a Fremantle side, or really a bottom three, bottom four side. So finding a bit of value in this game, uh, Jacob. How are you playing it? Yeah, the scoring line is the one to target in this game. We have the two lowest scoring um, teams for match scoring. So Collingwood at 111 per game, Fremantle 112 per game. The line's sitting 116, so automatically that um, is an alert. The next lowest team is Richmond 117. So clearly the lowest two scoring teams um, for matches. And Collingwood last week were embarrassed defensively, absolutely embarrassed. The way West Coast moved the ball against them was just absolutely ridiculous. So I think what they're going to have on their board this week is just saying defense, defense, defense. You keep this team to under 40 points in this game because they, they need to fix that element of the game quick, smart, considering what happened to them last week. We saw what happened to the Dockers last week. They scored 16 points against the ta- Cats. They only have one real um, target up for, which is Matt Tabernard. Arts out of that, um, they really struggle for goal um, golf sources, especially because Walter has been moved into the midfield. He's been fantastic in the midfield, but they are missing him up forward and they're just lacking avenue forward. So this scoring line at 115, I think it should be down around about the 106, 105 mark. So it's out by about 10 points. So a low-scoring game to finish the week. Now, we touched on Fremantle, and that leads well into the snag stand because last week 
I don't get to pick the forecast early in the week. I don't ever look at the forecast really, which I'm, I probably should. But I said to everyone, I tipped everyone into my best bet of the round was Tom Hawkins three plus and Tom Hawkins most goals. And we talk about 2018 form. Well, I'm going back to 2011 form. Halftime of the grand final in 2011. All right, Podsy had gone down. Tom Hawkins had Cam Mooney in the rooms. All right, well, halftime of this game, I had everyone calling me saying, worst bet of all time. You know, the Cats aren't going to kick a goal. They're no good. Well, I decided to give Tom Hawkins a little buzz. And Tom was saying, I don't know what to do. It's pouring rain. Uh, you shouldn't have backed me. Don't stick with me. Get off. Catch out. Whatever you can do. I said, Tom, just focus. Couple off the deck. That's all you need to do. You'll be right. Uh, by the end of the game, everyone's calling me saying greatest bet of all time, you know, all that sort of stuff. So uh, just back me in. Don't worry about the conditions. Just follow me in. Uh, it'll get there. And, yeah, it, it was a great win for the snag stand. Uh, I've taken too much of your time up, but I will say this week, I liked what uh, what the two Saints boys did to the power last week in terms of Dougal Howard and Paddy Wright against their former side. I like that to keep rolling with Membry and Zach Jones this week against their former side, Sydney. Uh, the Saints have struggled against the Swans in recent times, but it's time for a little bit of revenge for those fellas. Uh, speaking of best bets, we'll get on to yours. So, Jay Clark, your best bet and best Ruffy. No, I reckon you should keep going, Angus. So yeah. I, was, I was enjoying that. I think mean, just, you know, let it roll. Let it fly. There was definitely word at the start of the year the snag stand was too long. And then there was a bit where it went really short. And then it sort of got to a happy medium. And now Kramer's going, you know what? I think I need a bit more me time. I think I've just, I've landed a big bet. I'm going to take yep. two minutes out of everyone's day and they yep. can listen to the snag stand again. It's like a it's like a batsman who hits a couple of boundaries in the over, and it gets to like ball six of the over, and you should just be like playing a, a straight defence. You get to the next over, but his the eyes are lighting up. You got while on fever, the, the heart rate's going, and, he, and, he's, and he's gone for the, the big six again and got completely bowled. So um, anyway, like you worked, Angus. That's outstanding. My best bet is that. There were, th- there were three goals in the game and Tom Orkins kicked them all. I mean, it was it was just yeah, unbelievable. Mate, I the stats there went nuts. I was on board. Yeah, I, I, mate, I back you in every week. Um, so I think you're in outstanding form. That, that was good. I enjoyed your little the old soapbox moment there. Now, um, my best bet, you can you can take your pick of the two games in Perth, I think. So it's West Coast to get the, the job done against Geelong. Uh, again, under and, and the Fremantle-Collingwood bet. We just talked about that again. Um, under uh, into Collingwood. So of those two games in Perth, they are um, on the traffic light, Jay-Z's traffic light system, they are green light bets. So um, jump on both, I reckon. That is a big one there. Uh, and did you say your best roughy was the uh, the Saints at the the big forty plus? Yeah, four dollars fifty for St Kilda to win over Sydney by more than forty points. As you said, big watch on Dane Rampy, gutsy to play with that broken hand. If he can play again, uh, it'd be the most courageous fortnight of football we'll see this season, I think. And Jacob, your best bet and best roughy. Yeah, I go with the Saints as my best bet to cover off their line. Uh, that ruck duo of Marshall and Ryder will have a field day. So I like them in the fantasy marks as well, if you can take them to clear their fantasy lines, because I think they're going to be the key for Saints with their success. For a roughie, I'm going to go for two outsiders. I'm going to go for Gold Coast to win against NWS. And I'm going to go for Adelaide to win as outsiders. I think both of those teams are in better nick than their opponents, and they're starting about $2.50 outsiders. So they're, they're really good value. Multi them up, try and have a big day. And, and Angus, before we finish, if Jack Higgins, I know sort of um, Jacob poo pooed my Jack Higgins bet off the top of the sh- off the top of the show. If Higgins doesn't score a goal tonight, I'll 
wear a funny hat during next week's show. Or oh, what a, what a, what a, what a, oh, what a, what a funny hat that will be. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's really putting all it all on the line with the oh funny hat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> if I start this show next week with me wearing a funny hat, you will laugh, I will, I will promise. And that is the sort of generous, giving just, uh, entertainer. I've I, never I seen the stakes so high. The stakes have never been high with this funny hat. <laughs> all right. Hat all right. If Higgins doesn't score a goal next week, you got to wear a ridiculous hat, all right? So one of us is wearing a ridiculous hat to start next week's show, and I promise it'll be hilarious. Uh, comedic genius Jay Clark with the funny hat there. Uh, we are we are done for today's show, but we will be back as we said uh, next week on Monday and Friday. Two shows. Jacob, can your spreadsheet handle this many games in so few days? Oh, the laptop. I'm uh, just just power charging it up now to make sure it handles all these games. But I'm bloody excited. I've just bid farewell to the wife and kids. Just said, you know what? I'll see you in four weeks' time when there's yeah. a bit bye week, and it'll be uh, nice to reintroduce myself to them. But uh, looking forward to the footy fest. And Jay, will you be? Uh, it would be pies for dinner for what twenty days straight. <laughs> yeah, the concern is when you got so much football on, and you just sort of sit back and have a couple of beers when you're watching the footy. What was it? Thirty-three games in twenty-two days. It'd be one hundred and fifty beers in twenty-two games. That's the way I'm looking at the calendar <laughs> at this stage. So it'd be interesting to see how the fitness is going in a couple of weeks' time. All right, so uh, it will be a huge couple of weeks for uh, both of them. So as we said, two shows next week. Uh, gamble responsibly if you're going to bet on the footy and eat responsibly if you are Jay Clark. We will see you <laughs> next week on the AFL Footy Fill-Up.